So today I want to talk about the uh, concept of the Dantian and, and how we put Qi into the Dantian. Um, because this is uh, something that people always ask about in Qigong, or they try to understand, you know. And I see lots of different methods for uh, talking about how to put Qi in the Dantian, how to fill this battery of the Dantian. Um, but actually, often there's quite a lot of confusion around it. Um, so let's explore that a little bit and, and kind of see what that, that means, you know. This is uh, something that obviously confused me in the early stages of training, because like everybody else, I, I just took the information that was available, and, and kind of the idea was you gathered the chi from here, and you gathered the chi from there, and you gathered the chi from there, and, and put it into your abdomen, and it would kind of stick there, you know. And um, I actually found out that's not the case. Uh, so here in the second episode of the second season of the Scholar Sage podcast, it's a bit of a mouthful, I want to look at that a little bit. It's me on my own again today because, well, essentially we're in social lockdown, social distancing, COVID lockdown. I don't know. I'm missing the terms up. Uh, so it's, you know, it's difficult to get guests over or, or bring Rob over to chat because we're supposed to be on our own. So I shall fly solo on this episode once again. So... The Dantian in Qigong, most people know like it's uh, an energetic area in the uh, lower Dantian, in the lower abdomen, abdominal region, you know, this sort of uh, place that we can fill up and store the Qi. Um, and, and this is what a lot of Qigong is about, especially when we get to the stages of like building the volume um, of energy so that we can use it for whatever we want, whether that be like martial skill or um, in the case of combative Qigong or spiritual development in the case of our chemical work. Or, or, or just better strength, you know, I mean, ultimately better vitality. So most people who have an understanding of Chinese medicine, for example, would know that, um, you know, the kidneys, where our jing is stored, our essence is stored, and there's a lot of protection of the, of the kidneys, you know. Um, but what and a lot of qigong is based around that. There'll be whole qigong exercises around strengthening the jing and strengthening the kidneys. But actually what people don't realize is, okay, we have these five key organs in Chinese medicine, heart, kidneys, spleen, liver, lungs, right? But we, they, each of these organs also has a kind of corresponding region within the body. And these regions within the body are actually what we use in, in Qigong. We don't use the organs themselves. So you see people doing Qigong for the organ of the heart, Qigong for the organ of the kidneys, Qigong for the organ of the lungs. In my opinion, that's not quite right. Um, because, for example, if we were doing uh, Qigong for the kidneys, we would be kind of stuffing qi into our lower back quite high. It's hard to even get the arms around there, you know, because the kidneys are higher up than you think, um, or something like that. But it's not really how it works. I mean, essentially, the the idea um, for each of the organs is that there's an aspect of the energetic system um, that we use within qigong to kind of like not replace the organ, kind of like support it. It's almost like a backup generator or something, you know, attached to the organs. And the the kidneys are the lower dantian. So the kidneys, although they're organs around the back that, that house our fuel, it is the lower dantian and also the perineum to a certain extent that we that we actually build up to replace or support the kidneys, you know. So for example, I, I have known some people with very weak kidneys, born with weak kidneys, or maybe they've had a sickness or, or an imbalance that's damaged the kidneys. And how we uh, protect the kidneys in Qigong, um, it's okay, we can treat it with Chinese medicine, but in Qigong what we do is we actually fill the dantian with Qi. So like I say, it's like a backup generator. If your kidneys are your main generator and that's starting to go out, you have a backup generator that kicks in and that's the lower dantian. Same with the other organs. The spleen's corresponding area is actually the solar plexus, uh, where they call um, Zhongwan, the central granary in Chinese medicine. So we don't treat the spleen or the stomach in Qigong, we treat the solar plexus. Um, the, the heart, essentially, is Shanzhong, is the center of the chest. Okay, 
that one's a little obvious. Um, the lungs are the outer region of the chest and the side of the, the ribs. So if we have Qigong exercises to build the lungs, often it's the rib cage, the sides of the ribs we're looking at much lower down the lungs. And the liver um, is actually the diaphragm and the center of the body, so across here. So you've got these five corresponding regions within the torso that we use and, uh, and we build up to, to sort the organs out. So the lower dantian, if we even look at it medically, Within Qigong, if someone can fill it with qi and understand how to do that or what that means, they're already going to be put doing up their backup generator, is the metaphor I use, um, to help them to support the kidneys. So what will happen is the body will still take some essence from the kidneys if you do something to drain it, you know, go out, exercise, have fun, have sex, whatever, all the things that burn up your jing. <clears throat> but the idea is that the lower dantian takes some of the pressure uh, some of the pressure off, so it's kind of like that chi gets used up first, you know, or used up instead of some of your reserves. So this is why the lower dantian was the basis of lots of longevity work. Now, filling the lower dantian uh, is tricky, you know, harder than people think sometimes. You people talk about sort of filling the dantian or put your chi in the dantian when you start qigong, and, and they talk about it like it's a very easy thing. I encountered this when I first started training, you know, I went to a class, um, Qigong, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't great, you know, it wasn't terrible, but you know, it's what it's like. You're starting out, you go and <clears throat> you shop around and you, you check what's in your local area and you have a go at that. And I'm not knocking them, they were doing their best. But one of the earliest instructions was just put the chi in a dantian, and there was lots of putting the chi in and putting your hands on the abdomen uh, to get that to happen, but obviously it didn't work and there was no chi in the dantian. But it's more complex than this, right? So the first thing to understand is anyone who's trained with me knows that I don't even believe people have a Dantian at the beginning. You know, I don't think it's like a natural thing for you to have. You might, you might have something going on there, do you know what I mean? Like a little gathering of energy in that region. But in actual fact, um, the Dantian needs building. It's kind of like uh, you need a bucket, but you've got a colander, you know? Um, you know, that thing filled with holes that you drain potato water out of or whatever, but it, you've got one of those. So you, your bucket's got holes in it, if you like, if you prefer. And so consequently, anytime you try to put anything into the lower dantian, and we'll look at what that actually means in a bit, uh, it'll just come out, it leaks, it doesn't come out. So it doesn't stay. So people need to build the container of the dantian first. They need a strong field. And, and how they do that is to essentially gather um, the focal point for three things into the abdomen. The first of these is your yin chi field needs gathering there. Essentially, the, the biomagnetism of your lower abdomen needs building. And this is why uh, qigong exercises normally have lots of movements. You can't see my abdomen on camera, maybe, but my hands, if my hands are in front of my abdomen, that's why you have lots of moves where the hands face each other like this or make circles or squeeze or squeeze. Whatever your system is, you know, they'll have something like that in front of the abdominal cavity. Because what happens is the, the biomagnetic fields in the center of your palms are helping to gather everything, draw all the chi in in the abdomen. So essentially you're building like a focal point uh, down inside the abdominal cavity. This is combined with um, you know, the breath, the breathing down into that, that part of the body. So that all your, essentially part of the reason you're breathing low down, um, as well as to take your mind out of fight or flight and relax it, um, is so that all your muscles are gently pressing down towards that area because it'll also help guide everything down towards the abdomen. Um, and then the third thing is your center of gravity, which is why we bend the knees in Qigong. You know, and all of the foundations of um, Qigong practice are based upon this, to, to like focus everything, like focus your mind, focus your breath, focus the qi, focus it all down to the abdomen until something starts to build, you know. And what happens is, is people need to train for a while, and then they'll get to a stage where you get like a feeling of density um, or something gripping, you know, sometimes it feels like a little fist gripping inside, 
inside the abdomen, and, and that essentially means that your container is there, your your generator, your backup generator is there, but it's got nothing in it. You know, it, it needs building up. There's no fuel. So before anyone even worries about like uh, building chi, they have to build the dantian. You have to have the container. Build it, and they will come. I suppose. Don't know if that applies to the dantian, but uh, maybe it does. So build in a dantian. That's your first mission, and I reckon that took me a while, you know, because I had to know what was involved, and I had to have someone show me, and, and of course, if you don't know what you're doing, you're kind of stabbing in the dark. So because I've been told that you just build chi in the Dantian, I've not been told that you needed to build the container, um, obviously that took me a little bit of time to, to get that process done. But once I understood it, then it, it could build, you know, and, and a lot of Qigong should be doing that for a while. So if you get, like, heat in the lower abdomen, uh, which is a normal sign people get, isn't it? I started Qigong and my abdomen gets really hot. That's great, you know, heat is building there. Um, but actually, you need to go further. Keep going until something starts to squeeze inside the abdomen. And it feels like that, you know. It reminds me of if someone's got a TENS machine, you know, those little things that you plug on your body. I'm sure loads of people are sat in isolation doing that, aren't they? Because they can't get to gyms. You've got these little things that sort of make your muscles tense on and off with an electrical current. If you've ever felt that, that sort of, oh, that grip of the muscles when the electrical current goes through it, it's very similar to what happens inside the abdomen when the dantian starts to build. It's deep, deep, deep inside, you know, it's like right inside the center of the abdomen, it goes, oh, oh, and it, it grips. And it is like a TENS machine, just sort of squeezing the muscles in there. You don't know what's squeezing because what's in there, I don't know, it, to me it's the inner abdominal wall, I suppose, that's, that's gripping and squeezing in under the action of the dantian. But we never do that. This is one of the key things people need to understand. We don't do that. We don't squeeze the dantian. We don't deliberately roll the abdominal muscles or anything. We simply practice the qigong methods that we have, and if they're authentic, then the dantian will start to start to grip. This means the container is starting to to form, to build. You know, one thing that held me back for ages in that, I should say, um, as much as anything, was that I was finding the dantian in the wrong place. Um, because what was happening is when I put my mind into the abdomen, straight away I would go to essentially the abdominal wall. So my mind would go to the abdominal muscles. And they say two fingers or a couple of inches, whatever, underneath the um, navel. And it's, you know, two fingers is what? An inch. And so they got a little bit of leeway between two fingers and a couple of inches, I suppose. But I would put my mind down there. And like lots of people I've taught, it would just go to the abdominal wall, to the muscles. Um, and that's actually the wrong area. So when I put my mind on that area and all my practice is focused at that area, that's why they call the fake dantian or the full dantian, that little spot on the front of the abdominal wall. It's REN6 within um, roughly around REN6, sometimes REN4, depending on the system. But, but the full dantian is here. And gradually what happens, your mind goes on there and you might feel a little bit energized. And if you know anything about acupuncture, you'll know why you feel energized. Because if I put a needle in REN6 and I tonify it, it's actually a strong chi tonification for the point, it's called, for the body. It's called the, the sea of chi. It, it brings you energy, you know. So you feel quite vitalized, but only in the same way as you would do if you drank a coffee or something, you know. It's like a temporary blah, boost, like extra surge into the body. But it doesn't last very long. So what happens is people um, start practicing qigong and, and they put their mind on the wrong point and they feel that tonification. They're like, oh, great, I've got energy. But actually, the mind is too far forward. The dantian is further back inside the body and countless times with people I've taught who've come in I've had to convince them look just trust me just take the mind back a little bit take it deeper you've got the right height you know but not the right depth back in the body and what they, what they need to do is if they bring their mind back further in then there's a little point inside the abdomen that warms up when the mind interacts with it it's like a little hot spot and when that hot spot is found 
when the mind is on there, then that's essentially the right place, and then everything will start to gather and squeeze. It takes a little while, you know, but you, you just have to get your center of gravity to that point. You have to bend your knees to the right degree, practice a bit, get the center of gravity there, get the mind there, get past the heat, and then all of a sudden something will grip, and something will get dense and start to squeeze, and it feels like you either have a ball inside the abdomen, or like I say, like a TENS machine, just squeezing the muscles against your will, you know. I've seen it so strong in people, almost looks like they're doing stomach crunches from the Dantian for me, it's kind of cool. But that point is further back in your body, so it's above the perineum. It's right above the, the Hui Yin, uh, the perineum points. So the easiest way for people to practice this is what I do is I get them to practice the Qigong, I get them to stand, and I get them to put their mind into the abdomen, and then I just get them to squeeze the perineum a couple of times. Not, like, not every time, they don't have to do it over and over again. It's only a couple of times just to figure out like, where that muscle is, because it's kind of hard. Hopefully, unless there's something wrong with you, you don't spend all day massaging your perineum or something. So it's not a muscle we're used to sort of connecting with all that often, you know. So it's hard to get sensory awareness down there, somatic awareness where that muscle is. So I get people to sink and put their mind to the Dantian height, as good as they can, and then I get them to squeeze the perineum a couple of times, and I, all right, feel those muscles, and if they can't feel that, I get them the, their own thumb, it's a professional school, and massage that point themselves, you know, until you can feel it. And then what do you do is you pull the mind back away from the abdominal wall till it's above the perineum. And as soon as they do that and they take their mind back, a lot of the time most people go, oh, I didn't realize I was so far forward with the mind. And, and yeah, I remember that. I was the same for a long time. So when you bring the mind back, um, then the, you can sort of move around a little bit in there with your awareness. And there's a little spot that gets a little warm, a little hot. Reminds me of like you've eaten a bad curry or something. You know, If you've ever had a bad curry... I've spent enough time traveling India, that's like, it's been constant for me, but, you know, that's India, and it? Go and do something, toilet, go and do something, toilet, visit this site, toilet, dinner, toilet, you just live in the toilet. Um, but anyway, you've had a bad curry, and sometimes it feels like this little hot patch inside your guts, doesn't it? And you're like, oh God, I shouldn't have eaten that. But when you put your mind on that little area in the abdomen, same thing, a little warm patch comes, and uh, that's the correct spot. So what you do is you sink your center of gravity and you breathe and your mind there and you keep going and keep going. You've probably got some hand movements to so do something like this in front of the abdomen, da -da -da, compressing the pearl or rolling the ball, whatever your system has. Um, and then gradually what happens is the chi will start to gather and it will grip. Now for some people, that kind of gathering can take a year, you know, 18 months. Um, it's, not a, it's not a particularly fast process. Like the body is stupid. Uh, it takes a while to learn, you know. It, uh, I always say that the body is stupid. It reminds me of the fastest walkout I ever had on a course um, was somebody who, within five minutes, I opened the course by saying, look, the human body is pretty stupid, and, and they left, and I realized they, they ran a course or a school, or that the subject they taught was called body intelligence, and I thought, all oh, right, well, didn't make a friend there. But to me, the body is stupid, because what happens is your mind knows what you want it to do. It's like, right, I want all my center, all my energy focused on that area. And even though you want it to happen, it can still take the body a year, two years to realize that that's what you want to happen um, and for it to sort of play ball, you know, and for that chi to gather. So, yeah, I think the body's pretty slow. So, but anyway, you focus on that and you, all the chi starts to gather in. Um, and then when that happens, then you have, a, you have a field, you have a dantian, the elixir field. You have the field of the elixir field. Um, you don't have any elixir yet. That's quite high-minded. But you have a field. Um, then that, that's essentially meaning, like, you have a bucket that you can fill. The holes are gone, you know. Now there is a container. Only at that stage can you build chi, right? Then, the next thing is to understand how to get that energy into the Dantian.
Now, I have lots of different um, discussions with people about chi, and some people don't believe it. Oh, that statue's crooked when you're nasty with that, that level. Ganesh is off on the wonk. Um, I have lots of discussions with people about chi, and you know, some people say, is it something esoteric? Is it something physical? There's all sorts of energies and aspects and functions and substances within the body that, that are called chi. So there is a bioelectrical energy, there is um, chemical energy within the body. There's all these different factors, and, and discussing the nature of chi um, is, a, is a very, very long subject uh, in itself. You know, it's complicated. And there are parts of energy of chi that are very, very physiological, like the electricity that moves through the nervous system, that, you know, that current, that's, that's chi. But then there is something else as well. There is a kind of energy that's built up inside, inside the body that, that's very difficult to define actually what this thing is. But this substance, this thing that we build, is what goes into the dantian to, to fill it up, you know. So to get the chi to the dantian, what that brings me to really is three um, phrases, three phrases that really sum up the process of bringing chi to the dantian. The first is ishu dantian, second is chi uh, chen dantian, and the third is dantian xie chi. Yeah. Now the first one, ishu uh, dantian, is the first thing that we need to understand how to do uh, to guide the chi down towards the dantian space. It's a little different um, from some other subjects, like in Taiji, Taiji Chuan or something, they have their own methods, but I'm specifically talking about qigong or alchemical practice, because in uh, Taiji, for example, often when they talk about the dantian, they kind of mean like the whole of the abdominal cavity. So in Taiji, they sink the chi to the abdominal cavity, but they don't compress it. Um, that's not true. Some very high-level Tai Chi does. But for the majority of Tai Chi, the idea is just to sink to here. But in Qigong and Neigong, we want all that Qi focused to a very, very specific point, a very, very small point that we call the Dantian. Um, so the Qi has to get there. So before we uh, shrink, uh, before we, sorry, shrink, that's a Freudian slip, maybe I need a shrink. Before we sink the Qi down to the Dantian, actually we have to get the mind to interact with the Dantian in the right way. And this is Ishu Dantian, is the, essentially the principle we use. So the E is your awareness, yeah, your, your mental faculty, essentially the quality of the mind. So if you look in Chinese medicine when they talk about the E, it's the aspect of your spirit linked to the element of earth. So they're talking very much about your uh, cognitive functions and your sort of worry and pensiveness and things like that. But for Qigong, essentially, E just means your mental activities, the overall quality of your thinking, of your thought. What is your E? What is your mind doing, you know? So that is the E. So basically, the first thing is your mind. Yeah, not, not your spirit, not something high-minded, your mind. Yeah, first. Second one, Shu, means to guard or to protect. Yi Shu Dantian. So basically, the aware, your mental faculties must be guarded in the Dantian. That's the first phrase, Yi Shu Dantian. Now, what do we guard the, um, the E from, essentially, is itself, <laughs> is mental activity. Because the idea is that the mind must enter a certain degree of stillness whilst interacting with the Dantian uh, in order for it to be guarded in the Dantian. And this is the first uh, key to getting the Qi to the Dantian, right? I've seen people try to um, discuss this and they say, oh, if you need the Qi in the Dantian, you need Samadhi, uh, like, you know, unified absorption, or, or you need, like, incredibly high focus. You don't. You need the E to be guarded in the Dantian. There's very uh, specific reasons for why they choose certain phrases. So it's not a strong focus into the Dantian. That's not guarding it. That's killing it. You know, the E must be guarded in the Dantian. Your mind must be guarded in it. So what does that mean? Well, first of all, you need to understand that in Qigong or alchemical terminology, 
um, your E essentially has a, a kind of location. And what I mean by that is like whatever you're focused on, what you're concentrated on is the location of the mind. People don't like that sometimes. They go, no, the mind doesn't have a location. All right, okay, I know it's like a ethereal thing that exists in the realm beyond that of form and whatever. But um, wherever your mind is uh, interacting with or focusing on or concentrating on, that's the location of your mind. So if I've got my hand up like that and I put my mind in my hand, you know, I'm focusing on my hand, that's the location of my E, that's what I mean, it's here. My mental faculties are interacting with my hand. If I look at my watch and I'm telling the time, well, my mental faculties are interacting with my watch. If I put my knee up and put my mind here, my mind's on it, you get the idea, right? It's whatever the focal point of my concentration is or, or my mental awareness. Um, so this is what I mean by the location of the mind. And for most people, like all the time, when you're thinking and having emotions and thoughts, your mind's all over the place. You know, blah, blah, blah. The location's everywhere, isn't it? It's in our, they say, oh, you're up in your head, and that kind of means all over the place. But actually, to get it to focus to one point is quite tricky. And for us, we need the E to interact with the Dantian. Now, here there's a problem, which you know, the lower abdomens. We need the mind the lower Dantian. So here is a problem. The first thing is first. You cannot put your awareness onto the Dantian. The reason is, because I know it sounds strange, but as soon as you do that, the mind will move. It's no longer guarded, because to guard it means to guard it from movement, to guard it from action. It must be still. So if I put my mind on a dantian, like putting, placing is an action, right? To, you know, if I place my mind onto this finger, it's an action. If I place my mind onto the watch, it's an action. And as soon as an action, you're encouraging the yi to move. You're encouraging your mind to move. So it creates a kind of tension. And that is essentially what we're trying to guard the mind from. So what we have to do is to sink the E, because its general location is understood to be, first of all, the head. So if I think of something complicated, something, uh, work out a maths puzzle, it's in my head or something like that, you know, it's in the brain, it's localized here, it's creating generative activity. So I need to get that to there, to the abdomen. So what I do is I have to relax my mind until it sinks under its own weight, to the Dantian. Now that sounds peculiar to many people. How does your mind have a weight? Well, a mass, you know. Well, obviously I'm using it metaphorically. But basically, if I sit upright or I stand upright, it's actually easier to train it sitting, I think. And what I do is I just breathe and I just allow myself to become aware of where my mind is. Like, where is my mind interacting with the body? By the very act of doing that, you'll find that you're naturally interacting with your head. If you're not observing the breath or something, you'll end up up here, you know. So what happens is I'm like, okay, that's where my focus is. How do I know my focus is there? Well, I'm acutely aware of the sensations on my skin, of my face, and the movements of my mind. So what I do is I step back and relax. Okay, this is beginner level. And I soften it. It's like, like switch, like just step back, man. Just relax. You know, woodstock yourself out, you know. And gradually what happens is the mind will start to move. And what do you find is actually the more you relax it, the more it sinks. It's like your awareness goes down. It's like, oh, there's my chest, and there's my diaphragm, and, oh, and, and then boom. It gets into the abdomen, it gets to that place where the lower dantian resides. And you'll find it's almost like it locks on, you know, especially if you've done a lot of qigong and you've built the bucket, you've got that container. It's like you have a magnetic field in the abdominal cavity. And then when I sink the mind down, here's the dantian, right? And what happens is the mind sinks and then the dantian just draws it in, like it, like it locks on, you know, it gets close enough and it just pops onto that point. Like there's a magnet. Here the mind is too far from the magnet to interact. Here it starts to get pulled, bump, and it just locks on, right? That will only happen if the field is big enough. Otherwise, your mind will just sink and spread, sink and spread. 
Now for some art, some styles of Tai Chi, some styles of, styles of, styles of Bagua and stuff like that, that doesn't matter too much, you know. We sync the mind and that's actually enough to start generating the reactions we want. But for Neigong or, or advanced level Qigong or alchemy, that's not good enough. We have to get it to a very specific point, which is why the field must be built first. There must be a field for the mind to interact with. So the first step is learning to uh, relax the mind until your mental location goes down to the Dantian to lock onto this magnet. When it does that and it gets to this point, we say that E has interacted with the Dantian. You have found the Dantian, right? Now, now the mind must be guarded in the Dantian. And what that means is guarded so it doesn't move from the Dantian. Because obviously, if I've relaxed my mind to get it down to the Dantian, every time I have a thought, it's going to pop back up again because essentially it was moving away from focused thoughts that allowed it to go down to the abdomen in the first place. And this is why I say you can't place your mind on a Dantian. You have to relax it under its own mass to the Dantian. So if I place my mind on a Dantian, that's an action. It won't be very long before it wanders because if you're having an action with your mind, as stable as you think you are, must focus on finger, you're essentially fueling the mind. And you can't maintain that for very long without getting really exhausted anyway. The mind will jump away and, and it will generate more thoughts, especially when your focus falters for even a second. So we must relax it down to there. So I place the mind, that's no good. So I relax and I sink it down. And then when it stays down there, what happens is I'm actually learning to keep the mind increasingly calm while I'm down there and still. So whatever I did, to cause the mind to sink, whatever stepping back I did to get it to get down to the Dantian, whatever level of relaxation you had, you've got to maintain that. That is the guarding process. You are guarding your yi in the Dantian by sustaining your stillness, your quietness. That's hard, right, man? That, that's not easy. Yeah? And this is part of the reason why it's difficult to lead the qi to the Dantian. I can't gather the qi in from outside, you know. I can see why people think that's the case in Qigong, you know, because it looks like it, doesn't it? I do this with my hands, do this with my hands, bring the qi, do that. You're not really doing that. Like, if the hands are doing this, and they're moving in towards the Dantian, it's still at the stage of helping the field to build. That's what it's for. All of those movements where the hands do this, and the hands come into the abdomen, and the little ball is down here by the Dantian, that's not pulling qi into the Dantian. People think it is. I'm gathering it from the stars, gathering it from the trees, from Guan Yin's infinite compassion, and whatever, Elvis's rest in place in the heavens. You're not doing that. It's your hands are coming together to help build the bucket. Once the container is there, none of those movements are needed. Right? None of the movements are needed. I don't need to do this to bring the chi into the Dantian. It doesn't do that because the hands are only building the container. It is the sinking of the mind until the, the E can be guarded, Ishu Dantian, in the Dantian, that actually causes the initial interaction that enables the chi to move down to that area. Now, you must guard your mind from action. That means several things. One, you can't focus on the Dantian because that's an action, right? I have to sink it under relaxation until it gets there to the container that's formed. I can't use my imagination either because that's definitely an action. So if I'm visualizing a white light and a Dantian and a lotus flower on my head and a star at the third eye and something going up and down and orbiting, that's, your mind is under so much action right now. Like you are visualizing things. If you are visualizing, that is a mental action. So that's not going to enable the mind to be guarded in the Dantian either. So all imagination practices must go if you're trying to get the mind to the Dantian. I can't have um, strong emotional reactions either because that's going to bring the, the, the mind up. You know, It's going to go straight to the heart, essentially to the heart field. And so all that has to go. I just have to reside in calmness, abide in my still state, whatever this level of 
stillness you can attain and personal peace to get the E to sink down until it interacts with this field I've built. Remember, you must build the magnet to get the mind to sink down to it. Then I guard it by residing in that quietude for periods of time. This is Ishudantian. Ishudantian leads to the next part of the process because always in Chinese arts, people don't often realize, but they're a causation chain. So if there's a sequence of um, phrases, one will lead to the next. So Ishudantian is practiced until Qi Chen Dantian, Qi sinking or submerging in the Dantian arises. Qi Chen Dantian. So I guard Ishu, guarding the mind in the Dantian until the Qi sinks to the Dantian. Now, Qi Chen has different meanings, okay? First is Qi sinks to the Dantian, and most people understand it as that, like the energy sinks to the Dantian. Now remember, your Qi and your Yi are not the same. You can say that the Qi is the fluid of the mind, but the fluid of the mind is a bit dim. If this is my Yi, this hand is my Yi, I know it's an odd model. This is my Qi, they are together, okay? Yi, Qi. What happens is when I put my E here, the chi follows, but it's slow. It's like it, a lag, it's lagging behind, you know, it's slow. So if I get the mind, this is the E, and I sink it to the Dantian, the chi will do this. I'd like it to be quicker, but it's like a sort of pensioner with a sort of one of those walkers helping it go along. It's not quick. And every time my mind isn't guarded in the Dantian, then the chi starts moving over there. So it, it's like a constant battle <laughs> to, although that, that sounds tense, you know, like a battle of relaxation, to get the mind to reside in the Dantian, to guard it, until the Qi makes its way down to the Dantian, to the Dantian. Now they say that the Qi, when it gets to the Dantian, must be submerged in the Dantian, and this is kind of the double meaning of Qi Qian, because it means sink, but it also means to submerge. That's not quite the same, right? Sinking guides implies kind of the action of the Qi going down, and this is what a lot of people have thought it was all about, is you just relax until the Qi sinks. It's not quite true, um, especially not for our chemical work or negong or something. The energy within your body, whatever you can produce from your food and your breathing and your qigong practice and whatever clever alchemical breathing methods and whatever you have to build that energy because different systems will have different ways of fueling that energy. Whatever you build has to be sunk to the dantian but then submerged in the dantian, which is not the same, right? It must be submerged. Now with submerged, when they talk about it, or they draw it, they draw um, trigrams, right? Uh, if you know anything about the I Ching, what they do is they say that's fire and there's water, and the fire essentially represents uh, the, the chi from above, okay, because it's largely affected by your mind and, and the heart's linked to fire. And what happens is the water, the chi at the bottom, yeah, the fire has to be submerged underneath the water, has to get underneath it, has to get into it, right, to be contained. Now, there's all sorts of cognitive things to do with this about like calming the mind until your emotions are submerged within that calmness and it's almost like the water puts out a fire and, and so on and so on. But on top of that, there's also like an energetic um, basis to that as well. Excuse my slobby posture and what have you. I feel like I should be making um, more of a, maybe I should sit up straight and look like I'm a spiritual person or something, but I'm just feeling kind of lazy, you know. It's Easter sun, then Sunday and yeah, I'm a bit lazy. So yeah, excuse me slobbing out. But... Uh, so that Qi must get down there and be submerged. Now, with regards to the Dantian, Yin, okay, the Yang must be submerged in the Yin. Okay, Fire must be submerged in the water. Yang, Yin. I'm sure you guys listen to this. So know that fire is Yang and water is Yin. Now, the Yin also refers to the actual shape of the bucket, you know, the, the, the governance of the Dantian, the form of the Dantian. The Yin is form, right? And in this case, it's the form of the Dantian. Okay, it's not a physical form. It's not made of muscles. 
but it's the field, the gathering of the field, that forms this yin quality, this yin form. Now the qi that sinks down, the energy that sinks down, is following your yi. It's following the mind, and the mind is being guarded within this yin form, you know. So when the qi goes down, which essentially is a kind of like, um, essentially it's a, most of the qi that goes down there is a form of sort of bioelectricity, really, actually. But you'll, you'll feel it move like warmth and slight buzzing that wants to move through the body. And what it does when it gets to the dantian is it must be submerged. So yin must contain yang. So the yang, yang is energy, activity. So the energy, the activity must be contained within form, yeah, which is the field of the dantian. So yang must be contained within yin. And now they say that the qi is submerged in the dantian, not just sunk to, submerged in, qi chen dantian. So we can say qi chen dantian, qi submerged in the dantian. Now, how do we do this? Do we guide the qi down? Do we drag it? No, not really. None of this qi packing or anything like that either. Don't worry about that, you know. Essentially, what we're trying to do is enable the, the, the causation chain to be correct. So how do I achieve the second thing, the qi submersion of Dantian? I focus on the first thing, which is guarding the mind in the Dantian. That's it. The only action I've had to do is building the field in the first place. And, and often I've taught people that actually have been training a long time and they didn't even know that. Um, and that's not their fault. You can only do what you know. But they, they needed help to form the bucket. And once they had the bucket, then actually this next part of the process just took a bit of time. But... You know, it wasn't that difficult. They guard the mind in the Dantian until the qi is submerged, um, essentially, and all they do is they maintain that quality of guarding the yi within the Dantian, and the qi will start to fill up inside the Dantian. Now, this is where the density uh, starts to increase, and it really does feel like it fills in a literal sense. And there's all sorts of weird phenomena, uh, sort of markers that arise from the qi going into the Dantian. It can be anything from the Dantian buzzing and vibrating and shaking, through a feeling like, um, my favorite one is like bubbling, you know. Uh, it reminds, it's supposed to be like a cauldron bubbling. I mean, they even talk about the, the Dantian being a, a cauldron, a, a ding, like, like this. This is, a, this is a ding, you know, like essentially a three-legged uh, tripod cauldron that's used in um, shrines and Taoist temples and stuff like that, you know. So they talk about it being a cauldron, and when the qi starts to fill in there, the activity of the yang qi, the energy is sort of moving around, and it feels like it's bubbling. So it feels like someone's cooking um, some fluid inside that ding, you know. Uh, it reminds me a little bit, if you ever have a milkshake, and you blow through a straw and all the bubbles come up, it's that kind of feeling, you know. So that can arise as the qi goes into there, or sometimes it feels like the whole of the sphere, the abdomen, bounces around inside your guts. It's very, very cool, you know. It's a very mobile um, kind of thing, the Dantian, and people don't realize that. Um, but essentially, it's this field, this sort of governing, magnetic, organizing field of yin that's interacting with this substance that's submerged in it, which is yang, which is activity that's sort of forcing it around. And um, it kind of goes later when you get past that stage. But it's really interesting. I do remember loving the life that comes into your abdomen when, the, when these two substances, yin and yang, start to interact, when you know yang is submerged in yin. A lot of people never experience it because they don't know how to submerge yang and yin because they don't know how to guard the mind in the dantian. Um, but, and sometimes you get people who have experienced it, but they don't know what it was. And because they don't know what it was, it's like, whoa, what's that? Something's jumping around in there. Actually, it goes after a while because the weird thing is like your, your awareness, your intention is very much to do with like anchoring experiences. So sometimes you have an experience and you don't force it with your mind. But if you just understand what it is, it's almost like, consolidates a little bit in your awareness and stays within the body. So sometimes that information can help. Whereas if you have an experience, you don't quite know what it is. 
it's not long before it kind of fades away and, and you kind of lose it, you know. It's like you touch in that place, but you didn't quite have the mental anchoring to keep it, so you move away from it. And this is why I believe that theoretical information is so important in the Qigong world. Like some people um, think I give too much theory or whatever, because if I do a, a day's teaching, which is what, six or seven hours or something, isn't it, with lunch and farting around, I don't know, about that long, um, about one and a half of those hours would be me lecturing often. Some people have come along in my courses and gone, whoa, too much talking. But actually, you, you need that theory because you need to understand in the lectures I talk about like what the process is and pitfalls and experiences you may or may not have. Let's just talk about it, understand the actual mechanisms, the alchemical teachings. And, and part of the reason is because then you have this like encyclopedia, this sort of in your head, you know, this like background, this model. And then when something arises, you, oh, okay, yeah, I understand that. And as soon as you have that, oh, that's what that is, yeah, that goes with what he, that idiot said on the stage in the lecture, then all of a sudden, boom, it consolidates, and then it stays, and it stays with you. Whereas the people I've met who didn't have any theoretical understanding struggle. It's kind of a case of monkey see, monkey do, you know, copy the teacher and give it a go. You never get anywhere because you don't have the little hooks in your awareness and your theory for something to anchor onto, and this is why I talk about it. So... You need that understanding, and then when you know, then when you guard the mind in the Dantian and the chi sinks and is submerged, then when the yang energy causes the form to move around inside, then you get these experiences of the Dantian shifting and shoving around in there, and you realize, oh God, this is something a little bit esoteric. I didn't expect this. And if you imagine a large magnet dragging around inside your gut, that's essentially what it feels like, you know, and uh, yeah, all sorts of weird phenomena can come from that. Now the next one is Dantian Shi Qi, meaning the Dantian um, inhales, breathes in the Qi. Yeah? So now what do we have? We have the mind is guarded in the Dantian. This leads to the Qi sinking and becoming submerged in the Dantian. And this then leads to the Dantian inhaling the Qi. Inhaling the Qi is key for Negong. Yeah? Not so much Tai Chi Bagua, maybe, maybe some esoteric branches of, but for Negong, it's absolute, and alchemy is of absolute importance as well. Because the inhaling of the qi in the Dantian is essentially the Dantian. Imagine the Dantian does this and draws that energy in. So it closes. Talk about Dantian opening and closing. That's what this is. Now, you do not close the Dantian. You do not do anything with Dantian. You don't inhale the qi. You just allow it to happen of its own accord. Everything in Taoism unfolds naturally. The only thing you do is step one on the three-chain process, right? Remember. Guard the mind in the Dantian, Qi will sink to the Dantian till it submerges, and then the Dantian will inhale in the Qi. The only one you do is the first one, because it's a causation chain. You must just guard the mind in the Dantian. Okay, backtracking, you must have a Dantian. I guess you must have the method for building it, what they call Dantian Gong, right? Normally within most systems, the skill of building a Dantian, you must have the, the container, but then the mind is guarded it until these other qualities arise. When the Dantian inhales the Qi, <clears throat> what happens is the, the Dantian will essentially swallow it, right? Um, and it will boomf, and it will feel like the whole of the inside of the body gets very, very tight. And as it does that, that's the start of the refining of qi, refining of qi. And with alchemy, they say that the, the qi must be refined to higher stages. Um, I don't want to go into that too much, because that's probably, that's like a talk for about alchemy, nadan, like deeper processes and what that means. But essentially, and actually, I, I think it's kind of beyond Qigong or Nagon then, you know. Like, um, I think to get the Qi into it and get the Dantian to, get the two to interact, the interacting is like a battle, isn't it, between yin and yang. And that's why you get all this activity in the, in the abdomen. You, talking, you think about having like two 
magnets that do not want to be pushed next to each other, two opposing magnets. It's that kind of feeling, right? And then what happens is the Dantian inhales the chi. It's like oh, the yin, yin absorbs the yang, processes that energy, and then you know there's not that battle going on. They're the two have essentially started to combine. And this is why they talk about yin and yang being combined in the Dantian. If you look at like um, old statues in uh, temples, you ever been to a Taoist temple when they got the um, deities stood around? Often you'll see they have yin yans on the abdomen. You know, the yin yang is a symbolization of the yin and yang starting to interact with each other. Now, if you think of uh, two substances, oil and water or something, I don't know, that didn't want to mix together. I'm thinking of some really dodgy cocktails I made when I was younger with sort of Baileys and Guinness and vodka or something. I don't know, whatever you could get your hands on. And they didn't mix, you know. And But if you, you took these two substances, yin yang, and you twirled it around, it would essentially create like the yin yang symbol because they can't combine with each other, you know. They're the yin and yang is fighting each other, and that's what's going on inside the abdomen. This is why they talk about the Dantian rotating and turning. These two opposing forces do not want to mix, you know. So they symbolize that on the statues. Um, but then afterwards, as the Dantian inhales the chi and swallows it, and then there's a different symbol they draw in the Dantian, which I don't have a pen and paper with me, but um, essentially what it is, it's like a little circle, and then coming out of it, it's like some circular lines. It's like another version of the of the yin yang symbol with white in the middle and then black and white around it. Almost like a camera lens opening, you know, like the start of the James Bond movie when he comes on, looks at you and gets shot, you know. But there's it, like a camera lens, isn't there? I suppose that's a gun sight, is it? I don't know, never thought about it. But it's that kind of unfolding within the center of this circle, and that's the symbol they draw on the Dantian. It means that practitioner had gone past the stage of submerging the qi in Dantian until the Dantian inhaled the qi um, and then pwah, yin and yang had combined and if yin and yang combines then essentially the Nagon process is done everything beyond that is alchemy you know like you need um, alchemical training to learn how to refine the jing to qi and, and the qi to shen and shen to dao you know down to nothingness and crush it like the, the sort of really more advanced the stage of building the ling tai like the spiritual embryo and things this is Really, really advanced alchemical training. That's beyond Qigong or Nagong. Um, and to be honest, it's like easily a lifetime's work if you just threw everything else away and just did that. But that, but to get to that, you know, that foundation of yin and yang combining must be built. And this is what the inhaling the, the qi is, right? Now, sometimes you hear about something called dantian hushi, meaning uh, like dantian breathing. Dantian breathing. Um, as in the dantian is breathing for you, right? And, and I've seen all sorts of explanations about what that is. And, and I've seen people say, well, you draw your Dantian in and they push your Dantian out. Or you imagine the Qi going into the Dantian. You imagine the Qi going out of the Dantian. And it's a special breathing mechanism. None of that's true. Not at all. Dantian breathing is not something you do. Uh, it is something that the Dantian does when it is ready, right? And what that means is the Dantian, which is yin, it is field, the form, okay, a magnetic field, the form of yin will inhale, draw in the yang chi, and then push it out again, because what it does is it takes that energy you've built in the body, refines it, and then pushes it out into the rest of the system. Now, if you think about that, something goes in, right? It can't quite mix, you get activity. Then the form inhales it, and then spits it back out again into the system. It's like the yang chi goes in, gets converted, and then circulates into your channel system, which was the basis of qigong, right? To get this purified, refined chi from the Dantian out into the channel system. This is why the Dantian uses reservoir for this. And this is essentially breathing. The Dantian is breathing the Yang Qi in, the Yin is breathing Yang Qi in, refining it through inhaling it, 
and then sending it out, breathing out, exhaling it back into the channel system. So as you can see, it's not something you do. The Dantian does it of his own accord. Um, there is no Dantian breathing technique. That's an error. But it's a misunderstanding where people have read classical writings and then decided to create an exercise around it, you know, as they do. It's because the Dantian is supposed to process that Yangtze and send it out. So again, Dantian breathing, Dantian Huxi, arises as a result of taking Dantian Xi Qi, Dantian inhaling the Qi further. So once again, you have your process. Uh, mind is guarded in the Dantian until Qi sinks and is submerged in the Dantian, until uh, the Dantian inhales the Yang Qi, and this results in Dantian breathing, where the Qi then moves out into the rest of your body, breathes that Qi out. All of that is simply achieved through two things. One, learning to build a container. You'll have a million exercises for that, and if your teacher's good, he'll know how to show you how to do it, right? Then, um, by guarding the mind, learning mental, the correct mental qualities in the Dantian, so it is guarded. So it takes you back to that thing. You need the method, then you need the correct mental qualities. The method is building the container of the Dantian. The correct mental qualities is what enables you to be residing with the Dantian and guarded within the Dantian uh, from your own mind, <laughs> your own mental activity. And then over time, this will take you through that causation chain of Ishu Dantian, Chiten Dantian, Dantian Chichi, Dantian Hushi. If I'd have understood that in the earliest days of my training when I was younger, it would have sped things up greatly. It would have increased um, the, uh, certainly the efficiency of my, my practice. But of course, I didn't know that because, um, well, it takes time and, and I needed to find people who could explain it and understand it. But I think that's kind of like fundamental to, to Qigong training and work with the Dantian. When I teach people, like a lot of my work in the foundation stages is Dantian work. I have a lot of exercises for a Dantian, but essentially all of them are designed to do the same thing, to form it. That's it. After that, a lot of it's mental quality work to take people through that process. And at no point do I ever try to gather chi from the stars or the trees or anything like that. I'm not against environmental uh, harmonization work, but that's essentially what it is. So what happens is if you look at nature, I don't want to look at that, that's a pink plastic flower, it's clearly not real, is it? You can't harmonize with that, it's made of polyester or something. Um, but you're, if you look at what happens, like it's like tuning forks, you know, I go out and I try to connect with that tree, and okay, there's a valid practice there, but it's like two tuning forks, like the, the energy of the tree, if you like, if you want to use hippie-ish terms, um, I'm not very hippie-ish, but there you go. Um, what will happen is it will essentially change the frequency in you, like two tuning forks, but you're not gathering anything from it, you're not gaining anything. You might gain chi because being in nature purifies your body, essentially so it functions more efficiently, because if you're all and I've been living in London for the last six months and I haven't seen a blue sky and there's smog everywhere and COVID's killing me, then you're not going to function very efficiently. But if I can go out and connect with natural bodies, hills, trees, plants, blah, 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 Big Dipper, whatever it is or that people use within their practice, it doesn't really matter, out within nature, then essentially that cleans what you feel good, right? Like It's like tuning forks. It's like, ah, nature moves through me. Like Nature is the lowest form of connection to the divine. I know that's a horrible thing to say because nature's great, but obviously the divine is something that's above nature. Nature is created from the divine in, in spiritual teachings. But So it's, it's like the last stage of creation, the formation of something. But even connecting with nature has ability to touch upon that part of our being that's like, ah, there's a purity here that cleans the body um, a little bit. So that might increase chi flow just because you function well, but you can't gather the energy from those places. That chi has to come from within you. 
and that is the energy that you take down to the Dantian, right? Now, within Qigong practice, in order to do all of this and get the Qi into the channel system, which is another part of the process to understand what the channels are, how that Qi gets into the channels, how does it move through those lines, and so on and so on, which is another fascinating part of the process, like filling the channels. Um, we have to understand that there has to be something to fill the channels with, and that has to come from the Dantian. And the Dantian has to go through all those processes first. So I always say that the, the Dantian uh, forming actually comes before the channel filling. Maybe we can open the channels, you know, stretch in the joints and physically open it, but we can't put the Qi into the channels until then. If we do Qigong exercises like breathing exercises and arm moving exercises and so on and so on, before the Dantian is formed, all you would do is you, maybe you could say you like move what's naturally in your body, maybe whatever's existing already there, but once the container is there, and you fill it, then obviously your, your reserves go up, so now you're working with more fuel. And all of the people I've met who come, and normally they come from Tai Chi, actually. If I think of Tai Chi practitioners, there's some really good Tai Chi practitioners, some very good friends of mine, very, very good at Tai Chi. Um, some of the people I taught are very good, and the people who taught me are very, very good, and my dad's very good, and my friend Adam Meisner, he's very good, um, even though people attack him all the time. He seems to wind people up, but I think it's because he's better than most of them, but there you go. I think it's jealousy, but... You know, he's very, very good. And people like that, they understand, um, you know, that Qigong and Neigong has a very, very important um, role to play in, in Tai Chi practice and things like that. But um, a lot of Tai Chi practitioners don't know that, um, and they don't think Qigong has a role. And, and what they do is they think Tai Chi is really complicated, and they think Qigong is really simple. And you hear them talk about it, and they'll talk about Qigong like it's very, very easy. And they're like, oh, yeah, I do some Qigong. And then what happens is they get very sort of, I won't say very good, they get competent at Tai Chi, they get qualified in Tai Chi, and then what happens is they just start teaching Qigong everywhere, because they assume because they do Tai Chi, they can do Qigong. It's not true. That whole phrase that Qigong is contained within Tai Chi is not true. Qigong is only contained within Tai Chi if you know how to do Qigong. If it don't know how to do Qigong, it's not contained within Tai Chi, definitely not. It depends on your level of expertise. So what happens is they go, oh yeah, we know how to do Qigong because we stand in Jam Chong, and we know how to wave arms. If you've never had a specific Qigong or Neigong teacher who's really explained the nuances of a very, very complex art to you, you don't know how to do Qigong, trust me. So, what they do is they, they kind of go through these exercises and they think it's just about loosening or moving, but they don't know how to form the Dantian. They don't understand Ishu Dantian, Qijian Dantian, and so on, all that process I've been talking about in this podcast. So they never actually learn to build more energy. They only use the reserves of whatever is already there, you know, whatever there. But they never go beyond that capacity, um, unfortunately, because they don't know that process. And a lot of Qigong is doing that, you know. And this is why the Dantian forming is absolute. It's like super important knowing how to do that. But I mean, that should be weird, right? I mean, we look in any classical alchemy text or you know, more traditional Qigong book. There's not that many Qigong classics, actually, but there's, there's some traditional books written a while ago. Traditional books, I mean, like old ones. Classics, I mean, like hundreds of years old, you know. But there's, there's some books written about Qigong, they're pretty good. And they all talk about the Dantian. They all talk about the importance of the Dantian. And yet, everyone's just like, yeah, just it's a focal point in the abdomen and sink the chi to it. Oh, there is a process involved in building it. It's a very, very complex thing. Qigong is no less complex than Tai Chi. Definitely not. Negong is definitely no less complex than Tai Chi or Bagua, definitely not. They're, they're very, very intricate arts. It's why, um, if you look at the alchemy practitioners and things like that, that often did martial arts or did some kind of bodywork, often they left all of that and they just focused on Negong, they just focused on meditation. There's a reason for that. 
They didn't move away from Tai Chi and Bagua because they, I just want to do this simple thing instead. That's not true. It's because they got to a stage where they realized the sheer complexity of Qigong and Neigong and, and how much, how far it could take them. So therefore the martial arts dropped away. The opposite of what people think, you know, they do a little bit of Qigong to help their Tai Chi. It's not the case. Actually, the martial arts dropped away because they could focus on this more complex thing. Qigong and Neigong are very complex. If I look at my own development, I started in external martial arts, karate and, and things like that, as everybody did in the 80s, you know, because that was around, karate and judo, really, taekwondo, but there was always a bit of rivalry between those two, karate and taekwondo, so you didn't mix those. So I did um, the Japanese arts, and then gradually I went into the internal martial arts, but for a long time it was just martial arts, martial arts, martial arts, all I cared about, you know. Um, not because I wanted to hurt people, really, but just because I found it really interesting, and so that was my thing, you know, and Tai Chi was a love for a long time and Bagua Jung when I found that was like whoa this is like weird hippie-ish circular esoteric Tai Chi that can connect me to alternate dimensions turned out that wasn't really what it was about but that's what it appealed at the time so I did all these martial arts for ages and Qigong was always there in the background you know and then when I started to actually get somewhere with Qigong, Neigong and Alfie I realized oh shit this stuff is deep you know, and gradually as I started to transfer into Neigong and, and alchemy and Qigong to a, to a higher level, the, actually the martial arts that I'd loved for so many years kind of faded. So I still practice them every day. I, I've, today I've been down in the training room down in my basement um, doing, you know, hours of, of Bagua actually today, largely a little bit of Tai Chi and lots of Bagua. So I'm still doing the martial arts. But for importance for me, they're like a hobby. You know, they're an exercise and they're hobby. They're quite cool. They're fun. But my passion, like where my life goal lies is within Neigong and Qigong. That is not because Qigong, you know, and that's not because, you know, I thought I wanted to do something simpler. So I can't say Qigong's easier than Tai Chi. It's not because I'm like, you know what, Tai Chi's too hard, fuck it, I'll do Qigong, it's easier. Of course not. It's because it's more of a challenge. And if I really felt that Qigong and Neigong was contained within Tai Chi and Bagua, I wouldn't, I wouldn't need to focus on these arts. So definitely not. This is why my emphasis shifted across to here. And you'll see that happen time and time again with long-term practitioners. Now, it took me a couple of decades of practice. I mean, I've been training for over three decades. I'm 39, I'm four, so I was like 35 years. If you count my childhood, I've been training. It took me at least two and a half decades, I guess, two decades to realize how deep the Qigong and Neigong could go. Um, but yeah, yeah, they take you a long way. But the key to it for a lot of people at the beginning really is to understand the Dantian and get to that stage where the Dantian is breathing the Yang Chi in and out. Um, that's why I wanted to talk about it in this podcast because, like I say, I'm in isolation, sort of. I've been wandering around a bit, staying away from people, which ain't that different anyway because I'm not teaching. I tend to stay away from people anyway. So, apart from the lack of classes, I can't say I've noticed a difference really. Um, apart from everyone's coughing a lot more when you're walking around. But I really just wanted to focus on this, like to talk about that one concept, the Dantian, because I think um, that people need to understand it. And also because recently I've looked on social media a little bit more about what people are doing because I've got more time on my hands, you know, because I'm not teaching. And I've had some conversations with people and, and that, and especially those things, you know, sinking the cheetah to Dantian, people have methods for it. If there's a method for it, it's not right. Guarding the mind in the Dantian or putting the mind on the Dantian. Always talk about, people talk about placing the mind on the Dantian. I made that error can't that's an action you'll fuck it up don't do it the rule is if you do something with your mind you probably get it wrong that's why the world's a mess in it because human minds have created it and kind of messed everything up with regards to society and what have you if you do something you'll get it wrong that's the rule 
So we relax and guard the mind in a Dantian. And, I've, and I also saw people talk about Dantian breathing. And I saw Dantian breathing techniques. And it's like, breathe to here, squeeze this muscle, draw this in, focus on this thing. Imagine this chi coming in through your skin pores. and out. All those are just mental actions, pontifications of the actions of chi using your visualization and imagination. And as soon as all those things are there, you can't guide, you can't guide, uh, guard your mental activity. You can't guide your yi in the Dantian because you're supposed to be guarding your yi from mental action. And that's what's slowing the process down. So I'll leave that there. And if you disagree, that's cool. Like, I don't mind. That's okay. I'm, I'm only giving my opinion and my experience. And I know people have other ways of um, expressing themselves and other ways of seeing it. But that's what podcasts are about, and it chatting. And hopefully, uh, some sort of isolation relief will come. And I'll be able to uh, chat with some other people and it won't just have to li listen to me waffle on every single episode. Yeah. Well, thanks very much, guys. And thanks for visiting my personal uh, practice room, actually. A little bit of an Indian shrine here. Maybe I can sort of spin it quick and show you this is kind of where I sort of train. And, yeah, this is a, my practice room. So, welcome. Thanks very much for visiting my house.